Welcome to this week's edition of Ocean Allison, where I bring you the best in ocean science, education, and conservation through conversations with people who are creating positive change for the ocean. Ocean Advocate is Danny Washington. Danny is the co-founder of her ocean conservation nonprofit, The Big Blue and You, and an all-around spokesperson for the ocean. Hi, Danny. Welcome to the show. Hi, Allison. How are you? Great. I'm so excited to have you on today and hear more of all about what you're doing and to share it with listeners. So thanks for being on the show today. You're very welcome. I'm really grateful to be here. To give listeners a little bit of background, Danny and I have really kind of been running in the same ocean conservation circle for quite some time now and we've been talking lately that we somehow have not really connected and met fully and I'm really excited to talk with you more Danny to learn about what you're doing more and connect on a better level and then also obviously to share it with all you guys that are listening is really special so Danny I want to first talk to you about Big Blue and You, your nonprofit that you started with your mom, actually. Super amazing organization. You guys do a lot of great work. And I want to first ask you, what does the name Big Blue and You mean to you? Where did it come from? And why did you choose that name? (laughs) That's a great question. So back in 2008, I had just freshly graduated from the University of Miami um, with my Bachelor of Science degree in Marine Science. And, you know, I was really looking for an opportunity to share this knowledge that I had just gained and also just inspire other people to love the ocean as much as I did. And so an opportunity came about where Roxy, the surf brand, had a contest asking girls around the country, what are they doing to follow their heart? And so I saw the ad in a magazine and immediately decided, oh my God, I have to do this. So I called a good friend of mine who was actually one of my mentors and she had some camera experience. So we met out on a beach, filmed a short three minute video with my cousins and their little friends. Um, talking about the ocean, what they love about the ocean, and then talking about pollution in the ocean as well. And so this idea sparked of, wow, what if I could help create content that would inspire kids to love the ocean? And so after brainstorming, I've always called the ocean big blue, and I I just love it. I love that our planet is mostly blue. And um, But then I wanted to bring it back home and to think about the fact that every individual has the power to make a change, right, for anything that they care about. And so the ocean being my priority Um, Since I was a child, I've been in love with the ocean. I knew that everything, all of my individual actions were important. And so with the name Big Blue and You, I wanted to show people that, yes, the earth is big, the ocean is big, and, you know, but it, it also boils down to your actions. So collectively and individually, we can all make a difference. And that's really where the name came from. Yeah, I absolutely love the name, and it rhymes, so (laughs) it sounds really good, too. Um, So with Big Blue and You, kind of the main focus of it is really empowering, inspiring, and educating youth. You really focus on young kids, kind of, you know, the K through 12 range. Um, I want to ask you, what is your most important message that you have for young people that you're interacting with through Big Blue and You? Well, yeah, I think growing up here in Miami, you know, I learned a lot, obviously, being by the beach all the time. But I understood also that there were a lot of kids my age that 
actually never had time, had access, or the ability to get to the ocean like I did. And I learned that as I grew older, I kept interacting with a bunch of kids in my community and seeing that they had no connection whatsoever with the ocean. They live maybe five miles away from the beach. And that to me was just astonishing. So with Big Blue and You, what we're aiming to do is provide a bridge, an opportunity to introduce those specific children to the ocean so that they fall in love and get excited about it and become curious, really. That's our whole role as an organization is to just do that and provide opportunities for kids in different communities to connect with water and the ocean. So we do that through art. And I'm an artist myself. I've always had an appreciation for art and science. And I just know that art is a universal language. It can speak to anyone, no matter what what language you speak, where you're from, who you are, what age you are. It's going to evoke some type of emotional response. And so we decided to create opportunities to combine art and the ocean together to inspire kids to love the sea and to see that they're actually connected to it as well and that it impacts them in every way. So that's where we where we started. And so far over the last eight years, we've evolved and we've tried different things, different projects, different collaborations. And what we've distilled our main focus on is our event called Artsy. And that's A-R-T-S-E-A, one word. And it's a day-long festival where we bust in kids from all over Miami and Broward to take part in this art festival where we have different artists from the community creating art projects about the ocean with recycled materials, um, but also including other art forms. So we have a drum circle that happens every year that's amazing. Dancers, musicians, every type of art that you can think of all in one space, as well as science workshops and you know, booths that they can look on, look at plankton under a microscope or touch a different type of, you know, marine animal and interact with it one-on-one. Those were opportunities that, again, would inspire their curiosity and show them the positive aspects of our connection to the ocean. Well, I think that's really amazing. I definitely want to attend an art sea festival when I can. And I think that probably every kid that attends them is highly inspired and also just has a lot of fun like the music and the drumming and the art and the science and all of it. And it's really interactive. It sounds when I was a kid, I probably definitely would have wanted to go if it had been around. So really cool that you put on the artsy festival and all that you do to speak to kids with big blue and you. Yeah. And if I can interject, you know, it's fun for adults and for kids. It's not just for the kids. I, you know, everyone that comes every year, this will be our sixth year doing it in 2017. Adults have a blast. So I definitely think and love, I would love it if you came. The next um, Artsy will be on March 17, 2017 here in Miami at Virginia Key Beach Park. So definitely, definitely, if you can make it down or anyone can make it down, it's a free event for the community. Yeah, if I'm in Florida, I will definitely be there. And for any listeners, if you guys are in the South Florida region in March of 2017, definitely look up Big Blue and You and the Artsy Festival and attend because sounds like it's fun for everybody. <laughs> And so, Danny, another amazing initiative that you've got going on that, again, is really inspiring youth and bringing them into this world of ocean conservation is a project called Sea Youth Rise Up. And um, I think it's absolutely amazing. I recently watched the video that you guys produced about the most recent Sea Youth Rise Up. Um, Can you explain to listeners what Sea Youth Rise Up is all about and if there's any listeners that are on the younger side, how they can get involved? Sure. So Sea Youth Rise Up is really a collaborative effort. It's an initiative where um, a few organizations came together to create a platform for young ocean leaders that we knew of and 
giving them really a seat at the table when it comes to ocean advocacy. And when I say ocean advocacy, this is more in tune with, you know, legislation and decisions that are being made for our future. Um, the question came up is why aren't young people who are going to be inheriting this future, why aren't they at the table as well helping with those decisions? And so that's really where it all kind of grew from. Um, and so the collaboration came through with the Ocean Project, Big Blue and You, as well as the Youth Ocean Conservation Summit. And then we were able to get support, thankfully, from NOAA, uh, the National Marine Sanctuary Foundation, as well as uh, the Ocean Foundation and the Coastal Ecosystem Learning Center Network. They all came together to help us produce um, a special event this summer, this past summer, on World Oceans Day, where we brought seven young people from around the U.S. Five actually were American and then two were international. So we had one student from the Bahamas as well as one student from Canada. So kind of just like all of our neighboring countries were all impacted by our coastlines, obviously. And so having this variety and great diverse group of students coming together with different perspectives, different cultures, different ideas. It was just like an explosion of, of amazingness because everyone really <laughs> came together and understood that no matter what, the ocean is the unifier, the great unifier, as Jacques Cousteau said, because we're all in the same boat. No matter where we came come from, the ocean is connecting us all. And so it was really a great microcosm to see, like almost like a representation of the Western Hemisphere together talking about these things and coming up with ideas. And so you took them to New York City and Washington, D.C., is that right? Yeah. So on World Oceans Day week, we flew all of the students to uh, New York first. We went to New York City. We did a live Google Hangout um, that was broadcasted to 12 different countries on World Oceans Day from the New York Aquarium. And we had each student talk about their solutions in their communities and something, a specific topic within ocean conservation that they were really passionate about. And every single one of them gave their own solutions. And so that was so exciting. And then straight from the broadcast, we went to the United Nations headquarters in the city and met Jack Johnson, who is a huge ocean advocate, got to talk with him for a while. And it was fantastic watched him perform at the reception and then that night we went back and slept and got on the train at 4 30 in the morning the next day and took the train to washington dc and we had a meeting at the white house with the council on environmental quality for president obama and that was a mind-opening experience again because we were able to sit at the table literally sit at the table on the white house property and speak to these leaders who are making these decisions every day for the future of our oceans and give them a reason to why we're so passionate, you know, why these young people are so passionate about what about the ocean and what they believe we can do to build a brighter future. So it was a really inspirational um, activity and event. And we made a little mini documentary about the whole experience, giving you kind of like a behind the scenes look at what what it was like. And we hope that next year we can raise enough funds again to do it again with a brand new group of students to come together. And, and the age range was 14 to 21. So it was pretty wide. But everybody had a great time. Everyone got along really well. And it was like a speed course. You know, we only had three days to do all of this stuff. And it was really intense and somewhat challenging. But everybody came together at the end and did it. So it was like a speed course for high school or college age students that are passionate about the ocean in, you know, learning the ins and outs of kind of ocean communication and policy all wrapped up into one kind of quick week of amazingness exactly exactly <laughs> you know it, it all culminating on the week of world oceans day which is really special and so we were just we want to cultivate the next generation of ocean leaders giving them this platform once again to know that they have a voice no matter how old they are they can start doing 
things for the ocean to protect the ocean no matter what and now more than ever this is the time for us to do this and so we hope that we can bring in more students from all over the world who want to help with the cause and um yeah, we'll see where it goes. I'm really excited about this project and we'd love to, you know, also attract other ocean organizations who maybe have been interested in wanting to get more youth involved in their their work but don't know really don't know how. They don't have the capacity maybe to create their own youth board or anything like that. This is a great opportunity for organizations like that come on board and support this initiative and have access to these incredible individuals who are brilliant, enthusiastic and knowledgeable. And going to be really influential in the coming years as they get older. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So Sea Youth Rise Up, where or how can people get involved if they want to? Well, we have a website. So that's the landing page. It's C and it's S-E-A, seayouthriseup.org. And you can go there and just check out the bios of all the students that were participated this year. You can also fill out a form if you'd like to show the 10-minute documentary, let's say it your school or at uh, your your institution if you had an aquarium or anything like that we love to have you sh- showcase the the film as a as something to inspire your young people that you would maybe work with or if you're a young person yourself you can show it to your peers um so just let us know and we're we're hoping within the start of 2017 we're hoping that we'll be able to produce more and more content and media that's going to be surrounding this concept of getting more youth involved in ocean advocacy And so you mentioned that you graduated from University of Miami with a degree in marine science in 2008. I want to talk to you a little bit about your undergraduate career, your time spent in college. It seems that you did a lot beyond just the basic studies and going to class and getting good grades. Can you talk a little bit about the importance to you in all of the kind of quote, extracurricular activities that you did while you were in undergrad that really forged your path in this career as an ocean conservationist? Absolutely. So that my experience in, at the University of Miami was wonderful. I mean, it was rigorous coursework. I had some really great professors. And, you know, it was a challenge, definitely. And being a double major always makes it a little bit harder, too, as a, as a new undergrad student. But what I learned very quickly uh, from freshman year, since I had a couple of really awesome mentors guiding me, including Dr. Neil Hammerschlag, who, you know, is an amazing shark scientist at UM today. And um, I was working with him as an intern, but I learned, you know, the landscape of working in this field. So, you know, to discover what works for you, what works for your personality, what works for your lifestyle, what works for your dreams and goals, you have to test it out. And so undergrad is a perfect time to do that. And so, yes, grades are important. Yes, you want to keep your GPA up, especially if you're interested in going to graduate school or, you know, anything beyond that. But at the same time, you also have to get experience and learn and figure out what works for you. And so throughout undergrad, I had many different internships and jobs, and it really gave me a great perspective to see, okay, this doesn't work, but this works. I don't like that. I like that. So how can I combine all these things together? Because I knew that I, for example, I loved working in the lab. I really enjoyed that part, but I knew I couldn't do that every day, 24-7. You know, I worked for NOAA's Southeast Fisheries Lab for a period as well. And so I saw the government side of things and worked for a nonprofit organization. So all these different, you know, experiences all contributed to what I'm doing today. And it's so funny when I have these moments where I realize, wow, like I thought that that moment, I, I wondered at that time why I was even doing that you know, uh, job or whatever. And then today I can think and 
specific moments where I'm like, wow, there it is. That experience really helped me. And it was practice for what I'm doing at the present moment. So I highly encourage anybody who is pursuing a career in marine science or in the ocean ocean research space, definitely get as much experience as you can while you're an undergrad because it'll just give you such a clear picture of what you should be doing or what what's going to help you, you know, be happy and enjoy your life, but also enjoy your work because quality of life is most important. Yeah, definitely agree. And so with all those experiences that you got at UM and afterwards as well, you have really forged your path in the ocean conservation world as a spokesperson. And so you're both on camera and off camera. You're doing tons of different TV shows and on-camera hosting and then also, you know, public speaking and event type speaking. So you're really this voice and persona really for ocean conservation, which I think is absolutely amazing. I think we need more people as TV and media-based spokespeople for the oceans. And so you travel all over. You've gotten to go to really amazing places through the different organizations and companies that you've worked for as a camera host or public speaker. I want to kind of go through and talk about a few of those roles that you've had in front of the camera as a host of some kind of show or educational uh, video, because we could probably talk for days about all of the experience that you've had on camera um, talking about the ocean and the animals that live in it. But I want to just go through a few with you to share with listeners. So first, I want to talk about your work with Untamed Science. Can you share with listeners what Untamed Science is all about and what that experience brought to you in terms of, you know, skills that you learned and experiences that you got to have? Yes. So Untamed Science is my first on-camera hosting gig. And ironically, the video that I submitted originally with Roxy for that contest that I mentioned earlier Untamed Science, one of the team members, found that video and saw it on YouTube and wrote me a message uh, on YouTube asking, hey, would you be interested in maybe, you know, working with us and, and helping us deliver, you know, science to a younger audience? And I was like, what? Yes, of course. That sounds amazing. So we started a conversation. And then a month or so later, I was on board as, you know, an eco geek. That's what we called ourselves. It was a team of about six or seven science communicators who we were basically hired by Pearson Publishing, which is one of the largest textbook publishers in the world, to create a series of videos for their K-12 science programming. And so I ended up working with them for three years. And I call it, to this day, my film school. Because I had just left undergrad focused on science, now this was a perfect hands-on learning opportunity to understand the science of storytelling. Because there is a science, there is a method that's very, very important. And especially when it comes to a younger audience, we have to find the quickest, fastest, easiest, most interesting and you know exciting way to communicate a message. And with science, for those of us who love science, obviously it's very exciting, but sometimes it can come off as boring. And you know how do we flip that and make it a lot more fun? And so I learned how to do that with Untamed Science. And we traveled all over the U.S. shooting videos from you know everything from biology to chemistry, K through 12. So it taught me all about how to be in front of the camera, behind the camera, write, writing scripts editing video. I learned all these basic skills in a short span of time and it was amazing. It's amazing how sometimes something that you do that can connect you with something totally new that you really had no idea would ever happen, you know, just putting that Roxy video up. Obviously, you won the Roxy Follow Your Heart Challenge, which is amazing, and then someone randomly found it and this whole new opportunity came up. So um, I think it's really inspiring 
to me and hopefully to listeners that you never really know what's going to come from an action that you take. So even if you hadn't won that contest, who knows, they still could have found your video. You <laughs> right. know? So it's definitely inspiring and cool that you got to work with Untamed Science. So another on-camera spotlight I want to shine on you uh, is you actually had an amazing opportunity and totally going to make this plug. Um, you got to work with Jaden Smith, uh, Will Smith's son, on an outreach video all, all about kind of the science behind a film that they were in called After Earth. Can you talk about getting that gig, working with these really famous Hollywood movie actors and getting to really get behind the science of what that film was actually trying to talk about? Totally. So that was that was a memorable experience. I mean, it was my first introduction to the real quote unquote Hollywood life. I was living in L.A. at the time. And, um, you know, I think this story is really a testament to relationships and making sure that people that you work with throughout, you know, over time that you continue to maintain some type of bond or communication. You know what I mean? Because you never know when that, another opportunity will arise for you. And so it turns out that the movie was really about global change and the fact that humans are having an inextricable you know, impact on the planet as far as our actions. And we're entering a time called the Anthropocene, where now we may be facing the sixth grade extinction due to human activity on the planet. And so the movie kind of tells a, a part of that story. And it's focused on Jaden, and he and his dad end up going back to Earth about 2,000 years after the mass extinction, and humans no longer inhabit the planet. And so it's a very interesting movie, and so they created a supplementary website to help educate high school students about that topic based on the movie. And so Jaden and I shot a short three-minute video together talking about global change and the Anthropocene, and it was so much fun. I got to be in a real studio, you know, and a 30-person Sony union crew and teleprompters and cameras. And I mean, it was in a green screen. And so I really enjoyed that experience. And the reason I even was able to be there was because of an amazing mentor and friend of mine named Joe Levine, who serves on the board of directors for the uh, La Selva Tropical Field Station, which is in Costa Rica, which is where they shot part of the movie. And so they did an acknowledgement. And so they had an opportunity to audition different hosts to be a part of this curriculum and website that was supplementary to the film. And that's when the opportunity arose so I could audition and, and get the part. So again, that was a testament to really maintaining great relationships with people that I work with. Because Joe was the author of one of the biology textbooks that included the Untamed Science videos from my first job. Okay, got it. So it's all it's all intertwined yes. and it led you to some amazing things like that experience. So what you're currently working on um, is an amazing TV show called Nature Knows Best through Exploration Station. And for listeners, you guys can find Nature Knows Best on Hulu and on Fox. It's being shown there a lot. So, Danny, what is Nature Knows Best all about and what kind of imagery can we expect to see if we were to be watching the show? Well, Nature Knows Best is a really fascinating new STEM series of science, technology, engineering, and math. And it's all about the fun and really clever ways that scientists, innovators, and engineers are copying plants and animals to, you know, show some of the and create some of the most exciting advancements, right? So we basically traveled around all of North America interviewing scientists and inventors who came up with brilliant ideas to solve real issues that we deal with you know, in our human existence based on something that was already happening in nature. So, for example, 
you know, in our ocean episode, we talk about dermal denticles on sharks. You know, this unique type of skin is antimicrobial. Nothing can grow like you never see a shark swimming through the ocean with algae on it. Like it just doesn't happen. And that's all because of the dermal denticles and basically having skin teeth that allows nothing to biofoul their skin. And so scientists took that idea and recreated it into something called sharklet which is an amazing invention to cover surfaces. And the applications that they're looking forward to include using those surfaces in hospitals so that bacteria and viruses don't spread throughout the hospital or, you know, on the, on the hulls of boats so that barnacles and other biofouling creatures will not attach to the boat hull. So it's just these little ideas, these things that have been present in nature for millions of years, scientists are now looking at and evaluating and seeing how we can apply those same ideas to things that we use every day. Yeah, it's really cool. I think it's absolutely genius idea. And it's so great that you get to be the host because obviously you bring an element of excitement and fun and quirkiness and the science and all that to it. One clip I saw that you posted online of the show, of kind of a teaser of the show, was you in this, like, dolphin-shaped boat thing <laughs> that porpoises, just like a dolphin, it goes below the surface and then it comes up and then it goes below the surface in kind of that wave pattern that dolphins make. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so that video somewhat went viral on Facebook and essentially what it is is a modified jet ski. So it's got the same engines as a jet ski, but what the inventor did was create a fiberglass hull that's shaped like a dolphin. It's got the flukes, it has pectoral fins, it has a dorsal fin. And it's a two-person vehicle. So two people can go in there and do the same exact things that dolphins do. So like you said, porpoising, they, it also breaches. It can also do barrel rolls underwater. It was insane. And so this company that creates the sea breacher out of uh, Redding, California, sells them all over the world just for recreation. So that was definitely just something for fun. But it was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it because I love anything that's high speed and can jump. It's awesome. It was, it was excellent. And go underwater. And go underwater all at the same time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, another example of, you know, using the abilities of ocean animals and nature to design uh, technology, right? So Exactly. Mimicking nature in that way. So always going to get good results and it definitely looked super fun. Yeah. So, you, I mean, if you're interested, check it out on, like you said, on Fox. It's usually a Saturday morning type of show. It's different times in different areas, but it's syndicated nationwide and will eventually be distributed internationally as well. And then you can, of course, check it out on Hulu anytime. And so beyond all this video hosting and on-camera hosting that you've done, in what ways have you really been involved in ocean advocacy work beyond that and, and Big Blue and you? Well, you know, there are a lot of opportunities popping up uh, recently that are focused on oceans. And so I've gone to several different conferences and, and events that are all about ocean advocacy. But one in particular, last week I actually attended the Our Ocean, Our Future conference, which was held at Georgetown University. And it was an amazing gathering of college students from Georgetown who were very interested and ready to help protect our oceans. And so they have an organization called the Sustainable Oceans Alliance, which was started by a college student from Georgetown named Daniela. And they've just done a phenomenal job of pulling together young millennials to understand our impact on our oceans and why it should be at the forefront of everyone's mind. What can we do as individuals and collectively to help restore and protect our oceans? Because we're at a definitive tipping point where within the next 20 years, 
the key decisions that we make um, around the world will impact how healthy our oceans will be. And so the Our Ocean Conference was fantastic. I mean, this was an initiative created by Secretary of State John Kerry, and it was full of you know international delegates from all over that were interested in doing their part. And so I think at the end of the conference, they managed to get $5.4 billion of commitments from different organizations and charitable trusts that want to help contribute to ocean conservation, as well as uh, multiple marine protected areas that were committed as well. And so it was just a really enlightening and encouraging space to be in because he saw all these people, politicians, you know, leaders, nonprofits coming together for the ocean. Who knows what's going to happen in 2017? But what I do know is if people continue to gather like they did at our ocean, we have something to look forward to. And I think we're going to we're going to be able to make some impact. And I think one of the biggest goals as well that came out of another conference that was recent was to protect 30 percent of the ocean by 2030. And that goal, to me, seems doable. And I hope that we can all find a way to contribute to make that happen. I agree. I hope that even more than 30 percent is protected by 2030. I mean, that would be amazing. But I think it's an amazing goal. And it's great that you got to be a part of our ocean conference that was in D.C. recently and I think that, again, you as kind of the spokesperson for the ocean, the more conferences and events that you're attending to have knowledge for yourself and, again, network is just going to bring you to new opportunities and new places. And obviously, when you go to new places, the ocean goes to new places. So Mm -hmm. really, really great. And so one last question for you I have is you're doing all these amazing things. You're, you know, you're a TV personality, you're on, you're an on-camera host, you are running your nonprofit Big Blue for You, and all these other things on the side that we don't have time to talk about today. Um, but I want to ask you, what keeps you motivated and focused every day? You know, you're your own boss, you're running your own show here, and you are really creating so many new opportunities every day for you and for others. What really keeps you motivated and focused on a day-to-day basis? Wow, that's a great question. So, yes, it is definitely challenging kind of managing my own time and my schedule and my goals. And every day is a new a new schedule, new new routine. And so for me, the only thing that I keep somewhat consistent is usually my exercise routine my meditation and, you know, of course, connecting with family and friends. But beyond that, every day is a new adventure for me. And, you know, I definitely wanted it to be that way, but certain days it can be exhausting. It can feel like, wow, like I sometimes don't feel like I have enough direction or I'm not focused enough. And that's what I'm learning every day, how to do better. And so it's a work in progress. I I can't say that I've reached my pinnacle of knowledge because I haven't, but every, every experience has given me new opportunity to get better and better. And so I would say if anybody was trying to look into following this type of path or career, set your goals, be clear on what you want and what you want out of, you know, your hard work. And things may not happen in the timing that you expect them to. They probably won't. But if you stay persistent, if you, again, stay focused on your goals and your dreams and know that you are determined to live the life that you love, these opportunities will come toward you and it will be open for you. And so I've just seen that happen in my life so time and time again. And I'm just so grateful to be in this type of position where I can do this, where I can create a career for myself and do something that's different. You know, I I tell friends all the time, I'm like, some days I just feel like I'm climbing up a mountain, you know, with a machete, bushwhacking my way through a forest. 
but I know where I'm headed. I'm headed to the peak. Even though I can't see the peak at the moment, I know I'm headed in the right direction. So do whatever it takes. And the bottom line for me too, you know, if I get tired, if I feel, you know, unmotivated, I get to the ocean, I get in the water and then it's clarified for me. I see why I'm doing it. And the bottom line is that my role in this world is simply to inspire everyone. (laughs) I like to say everyone, but everyone on the planet, every human being to love the ocean again and to see that we're all connected. We're all one no matter what. And for us to protect the natural resources that we have, because this is our only home. This is the only planet we have. So we've got to do everything it, it takes to protect what's left. Agreed. So well said. And I think that regardless of what any listeners are pursuing for themselves or interested in pursuing, I think that take home message of we need to protect our natural resources because this is our only home. And the ocean is obviously plays a huge role in the health of our planet. I think anybody within any field can be inspired by that. And so for listeners, if you've been inspired what Danny has talked about today on the podcast and all of the amazing things that she's doing, you guys can connect with her in a number of different ways. When I post this podcast episode, I will link to her social media sites. She's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and she's also got a really cool YouTube channel. You guys can check out some of the on-camera stuff that she's done that we talked about. And I will also link to her website. You guys can check that out learn more about her story and connect with her there. Um, That's dannywashington.com. It's D-A-N-N-I. She's got two N's in there. Um, dannywashington.com. You guys should check that out. So, Danny, I want to thank you so much for all the positive change that you're creating for the ocean. Absolutely amazing work that you're doing being a spokesperson for our blue planet. And I also want to thank you for being on the show today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much, Allison. It's really a privilege to be here. And thank you for all that you're doing. I mean, this is a great platform that needs to be shared with as many people as possible. So thank you for all that you're doing. You just heard Danny Washington, co-founder of The Big Blue and You and spokesperson for the ocean. To learn more about the topics discussed in this podcast, visit my website at alisonrandolph.com. And to keep the podcast coming, contribute a dollar or more per episode at patreon.com slash oceanallison. And tune in to next week's episode to hear another conversation between me and someone creating positive change for the ocean.